Hi, and welcome to another episode of Digital Noir Presents Humans Aren't Robots, live from Pause Fest 2019. I'm your host, Sam Davies, and a couple of incredible humans with me on the show today, Michael Dixon and Anna McCracken. Earlier in the year, I've been broadcasting live from Pause Fest, and I think I was about five or six podcasts deep at this stage. And Michael uh, came up after after his session in a very loud shirt um, and said, Hey, I think you need a beer. And went off with Anna and, and got a round of pints, which was a great way to kick off a really interesting conversation. Both Anna and Michael are very passionate humans and passionate, passionate about humanity and its place in our modern world, which is the perfect foil for our Humans Aren't Robots theme. Michael has been involved in PauseFest for a number of years um, in the role of a facilitator um, and a motivator. He has a background in music and he uses some of his musical talents and his on-stage presence to help at PauseFest bring people up and get some energy into the crowd in between, in between sessions. Um, he's an author, keynote speaker, uh, and does a lot of work around creative leadership um, and sparking creativity in the modern workplace. Really interesting stuff. Um, and Anna was a surprise guest that Michael had brought along, but she has a very interesting. She has a really interesting story too. Um, she's actually spent the last few years traveling around Australia in a combi van, talking to Indigenous Australians and, and learning some of the stories from some of the cultures around the country, um, amongst other things. So, without further ado, I'd love to jump back to Pause Fest with a few pints and Michael Dixon and Anna McCracken. Enjoy. Hannah and Michael, awesome to have you here. How's Pause Fest been for you so far? Pretty good. Yeah, I'd say of the of the three or four Pause Festers I've attended, this would be third or fourth. Yeah. <laughs> You've been pretty heavily involved the last couple of years, though, yeah? Yeah. George is a good friend of mine, and it's a wonderful homegrown, Melbourne-born and bred event that I love being a part of and supporting, and yeah, it's a good. It's also a good family gathering mm. where everyone seems to come together. Yeah. Almost like when you do spontaneous podcasts and invite your dear friend Anna McCracken <laughs> to join you. Hey, Anna. Hello. Spontaneity is great. That's awesome. We do love spontaneity. Yeah, Pause Fest is going well. I think it really brings out choice paralysis because there's far too much yeah. amazing content to choose from which is a great thing, but also for someone like me, can't make decisions, it's, I end up standing in the middle of the atrium. <laughs> the, step, the last couple of years, it's definitely, as, as it's grown, it's, it's hard to actually work out where, where, where you're going next. Um, yeah, right. I actually, uh, I've come across your dad before in Adelaide. Stop um, it. Yep. Ian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, we almost did some work together. I think that the website that you, you did some work building oh, you're kidding a couple me. of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the name of it? Um, I've forgotten now as well, which is bad. So um, the company you used to work for, yeah, yeah, I remember that actually. Oh no, uh, so Digital Noir, still the company. Oh right, still, still me. Yeah, okay, so great. yeah, so we're still doing that. But yeah, the, pod- yeah, the podcast is just a side gig. But amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Someone else I met Reece, uh, last night was like, I know your father. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, a bit of that going on. Small world. Mm. So you- he won't hear this podcast. No. <laughs> so let's just bitch about him. <laughs> you, you guys can do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you just come off stage then? Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It was good. Yeah? So my reason for being at pause is to spike engagement in the second half of the day. Obviously, as dynamic and oh, 
beautiful as the content is at, at an event like this, uh, it's still we spend a lot of time on our asses sitting and consuming content. And when you get to the 2.30, 3 o'clock, you're carb heavy, you're starting to feel a bit brain foggy. You just want to park it until 5 or 6 and then have a beer and then kick on. So the intent this year was, well, how can we try to lift that, that segment and the main stage area and just, and just bring some improvised, spontaneous mayhem. So what happened then? What were some of the mayhem? Well, Anna came and uh, we got her to shimmy her way to the stage from the top, back of Deacon Edge. But the point, uh, so I have a band with me on stage and the vibe, the vibe was completely improvised. We had Megan Flamer who was, uh, she works at Blue Chili. She's quite a, a sassy, successful entrepreneurial type. And she, um, yeah, we, we had a conversation around groove about how you find groove in a team or an organization and what can we learn from a band about finding, you know, sitting in the pocket. And that sounds very high level, like it's quite deep and, and really we just made a, a band out of audience members and we wrote a song which was kind of cool but kind of just like a house party at 2am when everyone's like, who's still playing in the garage? That sounds terrible. And so then we got George to come down and attempt to sing, um, which really if, if there was a point of... If there was a point to the show, it was to humiliate George Head and the founder of Pause. I think we did that. I think what you do so amazing is you, with confidence, you do this. I've seen it a couple of times. You take a microphone, put it in the middle of the room, ask for someone who's never been on the microphone before to come forward with no direction and just give space. And it makes me anxious for you and for the room. But every time someone comes out and says something, and it's this, just, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Great, great thing to talk about there, Anna. That is something I love. And it's something that happens at the end of every keynote or whatever I do is I do put the microphone there and say, okay, this is, this is a call out to whoever would like to speak on a mic but never has. I was terrified of it. And there's that wonderful anxious tension that you're speaking about. And inevitably, every single time someone comes up they get on the mic, then someone else, and someone else. Then it turns out they're a singer. Then they're sharing about their, you know, their father who passed away, and we're all in tears. Or then we're singing, you know, I am every woman, you know, Shaka Khan. It's amazing, and what it's taught me is that that the self-expression that lives in all of us is about 0.8 of a millimeter simmering beneath the surface of who we are, and if you can just cultivate a space and just own it and just hold it, like you're talking about everyone wants to get in and it maybe not on that day maybe they will the next time but someone inevitably it's their day and their moment to go you know what fuck it i'm up for it and today we had this beautiful singaporean woman jump up and get all kind of you know like we we're taking us to church you know it's my first time oh it's just that it sounded italian or something anyway whatever it was it was politically incorrect and she was like pause fest is great and this is amazing and go everyone and uh, what a beautiful dynamic. The stereotype of, a, of an Asian woman yeah. would not get on the microphone and there she was just shaking Busting it. Busting it out. Yeah, it's cool. That's, I suppose, and we've been, talk, so we've been talking about teams a lot and game culture and creating sort of trust and a safe place where people can be creative or do their best work. But I mean, that's, that's kind of like a pressure cooker version of that, right? Where, where you're giving people the platform and saying, it's okay to just mm-hmm. do whatever, you know, and there's no wrong here. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, I think you're right. Everyone has that kind of, under, you know, you're always sitting there 
at karaoke and you're like, oh, I think I could do it, but I don't, I don't, I have the, I'm mm-hmm. too scared mm-hmm. because I don't know, you're worried about judgment or whatever it might be. But if, if that doesn't exist and you feel free to just do it, then. Yep. And the, and a beautiful, I will acknowledge Anna for this as, as uh, Anna is very self-expressed and very wild and, and you give, give an inch of opportunity and bang, center of attention. But also what I love about Anna is the way that she does it is it's never exclusive. It doesn't alienate others. Uh, it's, it's a kind of leadership in terms of uh, relating to culture in that you can lead a room by stepping forward and being foolish or being, being vulnerable and then you know when the, the subtle nuance of the moment to step back and allow that space to then be filled by others. So even today, when I said, oh my God, Anna McCracken at the back of the room, come on down, give me a disco groove and the band started playing disco and Anna did a little dance but rather than coming to the front of the stage which I thought she would and in a generous way but but kind of would would own the stage and be a real presence Anna she just went no I'm going to sit here thanks and you just held the space for me in the room which was a real beautiful thing so if we're going to get a bit you know leadership and team and culture in this conversation that's a skill that's um needs to be taught more is is the the energy shift between when you need to step in as a leader, when you need to step back as a leader, when you need to look foolish as a leader, when you need to uh, look like you know what's going on as a leader. And it's so subtle. It's such a, it's a really, uh, until recently, I think it, we assume it's this innate, you're either born with it or you're not. But this is, this is the good meaty EQ stuff that we need to start exploring. Yeah, or else we're going to have type A, which we do, type A personalities ruling the world because we haven't given space for other people to come forward. I think we were living a parallel experience. I was moderating a panel in the other room earlier. It was on disability rights, but the essence of what we were getting at was that if you give people with disability or people with any abilities time and you sit back and practice Dadiri, which is the, the practice of deep listening, um, the term used in Aboriginal Australia, you practice deep listening and you give space, magic happens and people come forward. And people were in the audience were talking around accessible and inclusive workplaces and referencing checklists of accessibility. And, and really what it's about is it doesn't matter if you have a disability or not, workplaces should be based around an individual needs and what, what the whole culture needs based on every individual regardless of ability and from there you can shape magic give space to people so they can come forward and And that that space is so important we're talking about like the actual uh, the process of going through employment right so the the recruitment process and if you do that too fast and you don't allow that space and you know the the type a personalities are going to boom they'll they'll wow you straight away but someone else might need that time to actually yeah to shine through absolutely What, what was the indigenous word Dadiri. Dadiri. Yeah, I deep like listening. That. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Um, I know, if we just shut the hell up, like magic happens. I've really learnt that the hard way. You know, I've, I've often been, and still something I struggle with, and this is why I brought it up around Michael, the way he curates experiences, is that it's uncomfortable for me and I want to fill the space and I've learnt to not fill the space. And what happens when, when you do that is so much more depth than if it's just all the people that normally talk talk there's a beautiful parallel here to music and the you know jazz has been a big part of my life since i was very young and fortunate to have some incredible mentors studied it and was a that was my profession for 10 plus years and the listening that that takes place in music but particularly in jazz where it's highly improvised 
the space is everything and you talk to anyone that uh, is worth their weight in that regard with in music it's the first thing they'll say you know you're drinking wine it's 2am and it's it's what this 63 year old sax player will say is just like man it's the notes you don't play it's the space around you know the groove it's all of that dadiri deep listening and just and that's when you hear the notes that that actually want to be played that might not even be your notes that can be the bass player or can be the drummer or can be you can leave space like there's a little thing with drummers and well with all musicians uh, all instruments sorry ghosting notes so it's notes where you you feel like they're being played but they're not actually really even being played it's just it's almost an assumption or an expectation that a note's being played but it's not so in the listener's ear it's almost as though they're filling in the music which is which only happens when you allow space for a deeper conversation to emerge. Yeah, it's the pauses in the between the the beats that make the magic. It's like you can't have a fire without the space. Exactly. That's what a fire burns from is actually the spaces between the wood and the oxygen. Are we having it's deep? We and are rad. deep. Yeah, I liked your segue to pause and pause. pause. Ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it's that it's that yin yang, isn't it? Like, it, it, it? You can't have one without the other. It's uh, that 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 kind of groove you get in as you know in a, in a jazz sense or in, a, in a, when you're jamming. Um, seeing that happen, I suppose, outside of a, a musical sense, it's cool. Like if you, riffing or you know in back into the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, which is sort of what where people are trying to get it. But it's not something that can be forced. You can't mm-hmm. force that. You, mm-hmm. you kind of need to ease into it, right? Well, there's an architecture, and I think you can speed it up. If if it's it's all intent, so if you're if you're you can work with your energy and the energy of a room or the dynamic of a conversation, you could meet someone. It could be a sales conversation. You could be pitching, but who you're being, the the essence or the intent that you're bringing can build rapport quickly, can can cultivate this really safe space where you cannot say as much or you can let them speak or whatever it is, but you can get to the heart of whatever conversation you intended to have and then all of the surprising ones that you didn't I think very quickly if you you know become versed in this kind of way of being and so and, and you were talking about about that before in terms of like leadership and, and and having to learn how when to be vulnerable or when to create space how, how do you teach somebody that yeah it's beautiful yeah. yeah and and it is well I think I think it is teachable and I think um, it's just going to take a little bit of time for it to catch on I think that it's being taught funnily enough at 2am in a jazz club with a 65 year old saxophonist speaking to a young guy it's being passed down through stories to learn this stuff you don't learn it in the way we've learnt a lot of the logical rational stuff we've we know and value right now if we're going to play in, a, in an emotive intuitive sensory aesthetic realm of which we're talking about it needs to be taught in a different way and story is a big part of that yeah, for as long as we have a nine-to-five workday, we won't get the balance right because, in essence, a nine-to-five workday makes us think of things in hour blocks and you can't curate a nice experience for someone and hold space for them to be able to come forward when you've got back-to-back meetings and you actually, in your head, are thinking, can you just get to the point? Yeah, and what happens in those meetings is that people that are always the people that speak, speak, and then you just keep keeps on happening it does happen at 2am it happens outside of that structure that is so uh 
forced upon us and not natural. What is natural is organic storytelling. Those moments when we can like free ourselves from that um, and we can actually then come forward and, and be more of our authentic selves. And we've all had times where you're in conversation with someone and you're dancing and it's beautiful and three hours goes by and it feels like 20 minutes. Oh my God, I'm going to miss the train. Wow. When are we doing this again? And it was something, there was just something magical about it that, that was beautiful. Um, that's available to us all the time. Rather than that being a surprise or like a one-off gift, I think there are ways that we can, uh, that we can create spaces to have more of it more often. One of the things I love the most about storytelling and capturing story is going, I guess me entering those environments with no attachment to any outcome. My attachment, I have I let that go and really it's just around what's going to happen here. And with there being no attachment to outcome, I'm not thinking of any answers or not thinking of anything in my head and I'm able to listen deeply and then it's able to go in a direction where, where I have got five hours. I don't have to be anywhere. I don't need to have a certain thing answered it just unfolds and that's where the magic happens it's I think when I've got an attachment to how something should be or that I need to be doing this this and this um that comes into play and I think that sort of stifles people's ability to force an agenda yeah like going back full circle to your session today um what was powerful about it and maybe that's part of it that the girl that spoke um, she didn't know she was going to speak and you didn't have any attachment to who was going to speak and what that was going to look like. And so what happened was that there were no expectations around her and she could then be free to play in that space yes. for as little or as long as she wanted and to say whatever. There yeah. was You didn't even say, perhaps you could say this or maybe you didn't say anything mm-hmm. so she could make that her mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. It's that detachment from what the outcome is. And, and a lot of people freak out about that. Yeah, they, They'll say to me, people that are like facilitators and trainers and, and speakers will, will say, Mike, you've really got to, you know, tighten that up. You've got to give your audience uh, um, more, more of a map. You've got to give them stuff to hang off and make it easier for them. And quite often we'll say, no, I don't. Because then I'm giving them a cage. And it, it makes it easier for them in one way, but it also cuts off the possibility of real magic emerging yeah spontaneity and, and so, so in this format something like this like so we do this weekly and often guests will say oh you know can, can we please have all the questions yes. and, no, and I, I say no no I, I don't know what the questions are going to be yeah. right so, yeah. and then it, when you do that they come in and they basically have written something and it's a very it's a woody conversation right yeah. it's wooden it's like yeah. oh, this is all my stuff and it's like yeah okay like oh, we can't go anywhere from there so um, and I would assert that by the end of that interview you're exhausted Whereas, I hope, by the end of this one, which is completely just we're rolling with it, you feel a little more energised, like, oh, I think I could do another one now. Yeah, well, I want to be excited by it, right? Like, I'm here, it's a, it's a two-way conversation, and I don't think this is like a, an interview thing where I have six questions and mm. I, you know, I, I don't have an agenda, mm. per se. It's more about, well, what could be uncovered, which I find exciting, because then I'm learning new things. Well, and you know what? That's what the listener wants. I know when I listen to a podcast or stuff like that, when I hear it, the, the same rhetoric, it's like, ah, next... But when I hear just people hanging and, it, you know, there's some fluff, and, but you're kind of in it. It's like you're just you're sitting on the table opposite at the restaurant and you're listening to their conversations. Fascinating. It's the dance. It is the dance. Yeah. yeah. I'm in a uh, competitive barbecue team 
Wow. I won't go into all that, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing, right? So there's you have co- to go into it. Yeah, yeah. Competitions. Quick, com- quick overview. Okay, so you got five people in a team, low and slow American style barbecue. So you rock up for a weekend, you cook overnight. So you have generally five, uh, five different proteins you need to cook. Uh, and then hand in the next day, so no sleep, you know, sitting up all wow. night, cooking meat, and then you're judged on the, the outcome. So we do like four or five comps around the country this is every awesome. year. Yeah. Um, but we've been wanting to do this kind of stuff for that, right? So I brought all the gear out to my house on the weekend, had the boys over, and it was yeah, 2 a.m. We've been drinking as well, cooking, but we recorded for like four hours just chatting. Wow. I went back and listened to it all. I'm like, this, is, this stuff's great. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't all about barbecue, but like, yeah, the, yeah the, the space in between was really interesting. Yeah. And it's like, they're like, we can't put this out there. I'm like, yeah, we should. This, like, this is much more interesting than me saying, how do you cook a brisket? Oh, it is. How, how much rub would you put on it? Blah, blah, it whatever is. it is. So the next thing I'm going to do, or one of the zillion things we're all doing stuff, but is um, I did one of these where a friend of mine, Tim Lieberek, is an author, he's a TED speaker, he's a lovely guy. Did an interview with him. It was meant to be the first of many uh, over a grand piano with a bottle of wine. And there was no intention for the conversation, but just I play a bit and we talk and whatever. I thought, oh, I'll do that every week didn't happen but the the game i want to play now is exactly that but getting a unique little mix of people together that are kind of like this like oh anna hey how you doing hey i've got to do this podcast you want to come and chat and a, a an unexpected collision over a grand piano and wine i think there's something powerful in in alcohol uh, hey oops the elixir of life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. We've been drinking for years and I'm into green smoothies and I love that shit and I'm not into domestic <laughs> violence. But I do think a drink is okay. Yeah. Am yeah. I allowed to say that? Yeah, we're drinking yeah. a beer right Especially now. We're drinking a beer right now. Hang on. An- an- another way to sort of fast track to the, uh, you know, breaking down some of those barriers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Social lubricant. Mm-hmm. It's how both of my kids were born. It's beautiful. <laughs> Actually, it's a. This is another perfect segue into nine to five rules and regulations, hour meetings, rules, 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 rolls, 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 and so that in itself, again, the best conversations come at two a.m. or do come at the in a remote community on the oval after hours of just sitting there and having a beer underneath. You know, when you just let go of all the things that you think you should be doing and just do actually what you want to do, and then you're actually free. And when you're free, you flow. And you think of, of all the cliches of the 80s and the, the long lunch. And where did business get done? 2 a.m. in the nightclub or 2 p.m. after two bottles of wine on a Friday afternoon. And then it was like, no, nah, we can't do that anymore. And budgets are cut and you can't claim this and it's all... We lost a bit of the heart and soul of... Okay, not, I'm not saying all of it was good, um, but... Yeah, we, we, we do these pendulum swings as a, as a culture. be nice to... Maybe that's okay too. But it'd be nice to get pissed every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first met Michael, we were at a co-share space and um, this used to be like my life. I'd be typing, a, like, typing away at like 3 p.m. Yeah. and everyone's being so serious, stuck in their vibes, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, just hear this like... Gangster beats turn right up, and then some of the microphone just saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention?" And then Michael coming out of nowhere and just either gangster could be any actually sort of music genre. There's a lot of genre. Whitney. There's a lot of Whitney, yeah. and people having to 
I mean, the thing I love about you is you're unashamedly yourself, but people don't know how to take it sometimes because they're caught in the, you know, in the daily grind. It's like, what? There's a man singing Whitney Houston in front of me. Um, but then you start to see people... Getting around. Yeah, getting around it and actually loving it because we all love Whitney. We do. <laughs> what, what drives you to do that? Is that something you've always just... Um, is it innately in you or...? Yeah. Well, uh, yes and no. It's always a nature-nurture conversation. Deep answer. Distilled. Um, got my wounds from my childhood and my past and feeling like an outsider and moved around a bit with my dad in, in different parts of South Australia. And I think uh, somewhere along the way, I, I created a narrative for my identity and that I wasn't safe a lot of the time. So then uh, there's a pattern. There, there was this ongoing motif where I would try to create environments that other people could feel safe enough to express themselves in and the underlying essence of that was so that I could finally feel safe to express myself. I kind of healed all that and it's cool and now there's a positive, um, that's, a, that's a reaffirming narrative for me whereas at one point, you know, it wasn't. But I think, yeah, that married with, it's some, some I'm very grateful for, I do think this is a gift and I think it's available to everyone but I, I definitely have recognised it in me I just feel a little bit like the kid in the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> and I see the ridiculousness of this life. Yeah. And I think, man, come on. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's awesome and amazing. And we don't know anything except we feel stuff. And we're, we're all playing this game where we have to wear a certain thing and show up at a certain time. And you're 60, so that means something. And you're yeah. 25, and that means something else. You're a woman, that means something. You're an Asian man, and that means something else. Mm. It's just like, it's all made up. So, fuck it. Have some fun with yeah, it. Yeah, like, let's just let's play with it and dance with it. Um, and that just, it just somehow is never far from my waking life. Yeah. So, it, it comes quite quickly. I love the concept of, you know, creating more space. And I think as, as, a, as a leader in a business or, you know, someone that has the ability to say, well, I'm just going to do that, then you can, you can kind of take that. But what about, you know, someone that is in the nine to five grind? Like how, how do they, how do, outside of like, you know, finding a new career path, how, how, how's that going to get worked into reality, I suppose? Like do we have to, is it a whole pre- shift Absolutely in? Absolutely not. Yeah. I think reality is your moment to moment experience. So, I, again, I think we are living in one giant cosmic giggle. And um, my model in life is be curious, not furious. And curiosity can happen, has to happen moment to moment and playfulness can happen moment to moment. And it doesn't matter if you're in a nine to five or whatever, you're, you're living. And you can build that into your interactions. Um, and then they make up, your interactions make up your day, which makes up your life. So I don't think it's that hard to be honest I think it's that if you have fun and you're curious then your relationships are going to be richer and then your life's richer and the rest of it sort of unfolds from there mm. is that too simple no it's beautiful but that's yeah yeah I think and a lot of a lot of um, conferences are shaped around like innovation all the wank words and I hate the wank words essentially at the end of the day what it is is just have fun be a good person and connect and then your life would be better for it. But it's, that, it's that sense of wonder that, you know, that, that kind of gets beaten out of people a little bit, right? Yeah. So it's just like, well, you get caught in, you get caught in sort of channels of, you know, just autonomousness. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I try to wander, wander and then repeat. Um, so yeah, I wonder about something, I wander towards it, 
learn more about it, repeat. And it's this wonder, wonder cycle. To wonder, to wonder. Oh, I like wonder it. Wonder to wonder. Yeah. A Loving to the it? O. A to the O, yeah. So, yeah, basically for the nine to fivers, it's the 20, it's, yeah, it's 24 hours a day makes up your life and curiosity and playfulness makes things more fun. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to sound like a wanker here, but I'm in the process of writing my next book and in this, you know, talking with publishers and all of that stuff and this book is exactly around this premise, personalise your work, humanise your workplace. How can we, for, for Daryl in accounts, for Cheryl in the insurance company, for people that, that the stereotypical line is, I've got a boring job. I, that creativity, that self-express, that personality stuff is fine for you Mr. Muso speaker man, it's fine for you, Anna, just cruising around the world doing whatever you want. But for someone like me that's got a mortgage to pay, how is that relevant? That, that, I love, like, it, there's no more relevance. How do I say this? There's no more important place for personality and humanity than in those environments because they are completely starved of them. And so what I love about you is it is simple. We don't need to make it this big... 74 page strategy document and and do a three three year change management process to help people enable people moment to moment just bring their personality and use their use their work environment as this this live feedback loop to get closer to themselves to discover and rediscover and reclaim who they are and who they came here to be and this is what I think that the, the next organization or the smartest organization will be, is if they recognize, wow, we are just custodians of our people and we're not here to exploit them and to get value out of them so that we can grow for our shareholders. We are a dynamic platform to self-actualize or, or create the conditions for our people to self-actualize themselves. And in doing that, if they choose to, hey, man, you know what? I've just figured it out. My life is traveling around the world in a caravan recording podcasts. Fantastic. Then your tenure here is done and we wish you well. And then at a, at a, like at a base level, that person is going to talk for the next 15 years about how great that organization was that they set them up. So, so if you're talking employer branding, talent acquisition, all this shit, you've got it in spades. But we had a, we had a bit of a technical malfunction there, but uh, we're back. Can you just roll straight was, back into it? <laughs> but... Um, I can't remember what we're talking about, but you know what we were talking about now is is the gift it can be, say when we're podcasting, for example, and you were sharing about, oh, sometimes uh, when you're dancing in conversation, you can look somewhere else and, and lose where you are and it's really hard to remind yourself you don't have to be thinking about the next question because that takes you out of the moment. But sometimes it can be cool to name it when you've when you're distant or when you've fucked up or when you just to just to humanize it that softens the room for everyone else to be oh cool okay pressure's off let's all just hang it don't be afraid to to put a big neon light around your humanity it builds that trust right so and i think what you're talking about before with you know pete in accounting if if you know, breaking out of that, you know, that the, the, the bubble that, you know, he's sitting in, that cubicle, whatever, you know, like throwing a, a splash of color, whatever that might be, or even just doing something a little bit different, you know, just like. Yeah, and Pete in accounting is Pete. And Pete has interests, Pete has passions, and Pete is part of a team. And that's what I was saying at the start around needs, individual needs based and collective based organizations is that 
you should have an organisation where Pete is able to be Pete. And if Pete's able to be Pete, Pete loves coming to work and work is then play and then play is then life. So Pete is in accounting, but Pete is part of the broader working towards something, part of a world, and then we're all in this together. It, um, it's like another big conversation, but something I really struggle with with my team because I've got some really, I've got some eclectic mix of people. I know some of them have quite like rich lives outside of work, which they just don't want to bring to work. And it's just like they, they, they do put on like a, you know, I suppose, you know, like a work face, right? And like, how was the weekend, mate? Like, yeah, it was fine. We didn't do much. And like, what they did might not have, you know, I, I, I live quite an active life, right? So I'm like, oh, I did this, I did that. But it, it might have been you know, something they read or something, you know. But I'm, in, I'm interested in that. But it's hard to actually, I don't know, work it out of people and let them know that, yeah, it's fine just to, you know, who cares what it was? Like, you know, let us know. Something that I thought about this week is the term or the word person. So we use it to describe everything. It actually means persona, which is mask. And we use it in our everyday language. But we're actually called, we're actually being openly talking about the fact that we are masks, but we've forgotten where it's come from, so we're just now it's your person. But we do put these masks on and we have made this segregation between work and and so in that Pete and accounting is Pete and accounting because that's what he is nine to five, rather than being Pete across the board and that he does accounting, he also does national competitions on barbecuing, he loves spoken word, he's obsessed with his dog, he... What's some other quirky things Pete can do? Uh, picks his nose and eats it. Exactly. All these things. Um, but we forget about that. Pete just has to be accounting. And that <laughs> minimization of Pete kills Pete. And Pete's unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill Pete. Don't kill Pete. I think that's Let the- Pete pick Pete. his nose and eat it <laughs> Come on. whilst he balances the books. And he's competitive barbecuing. <laughs> and he's, Exactly. Yeah. Right. Hopefully it's not better than us because we're taking you there down, you Pete. <laughs> I love you, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, uh, Andrew Michael, for being on. I really appreciate it. It's great. It brought some colour to my afternoon. Pleasure. Got, uh, over here is about to jump on next, so uh, awesome. I'm raring to go. Thank you so Thanks, much Pete. for having us. No, I really appreciate it. Cheers. Hey, Sam here again, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that chat. I definitely did. It pumped me up for the rest of the afternoon. Quite a few things to think about in there really interesting for me um, with a team and and as a leader and and thinking about creative ways that we can make the workplace more human, make the workplace a nicer environment to come into every day where everybody feels as if they can have some form of self-expression and it's not just that box. Shout out to Pete in accounting. Right, so if you want to find out more about uh, Michael, you can head to michaeldixon.com and he's got all his links from there. Um, And I've got the links to um, both Anna and Michael's uh, LinkedIn profiles and social media in the show notes. Pause Fest 2020. It is coming fast. Tickets are... Have just gone up in price. The early bird specials uh, are off now. So that will keep happening up until the event. And tickets are really selling fast. So get in quick. Highly recommend it. If you wanted to know more about what Pause Fest is and what it's about, feel free to drop me a line. Anywhere you can find me. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Probably not Twitter. I don't think I'll respond. Somebody will. Twitter's fine. I'd love to talk to you more about it because, um, yeah, we've been going for the last five years and we'll be there in force as Digital Noir next year. So once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this at all, share it with somebody that you think might might dig it. And we'll uh, catch you next time. 
Cheers, y'all.